0: Alright, hello everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. As usual, we have uh, Liam here today. Liam, do you want to say hi? What's up, guys? Alright, so we are now at the end of the group stage matches at the Euros, and we are looking forward to the round of 16. We know what the bracket looks like. There's no redrawing like the Champions League. So um, the rest of this tournament hopefully will be a lot easier to predict because there were a lot of surprises in the group stage, Liam. Amen. Um, speaking of the surprises uh, what, what team surprised you the most Liam in the group stage um,
1: what team surprised me the most um, I would talk about Hungary but they're too fascist so I'm going to talk about something else <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to say the Netherlands surprised me, surprised me the most they had a pretty shit group I'm not going to lie Crazy teams they had to play against, but I think that they showed really good resilience in that Ukraine game, and I was impressed. And also, I really like the look of Wijnaldum playing in a team that isn't Liverpool, where he can actually like play soccer and not just like run all game long. I think it's nice to to watch him uh, to watch him actually be a midf- midfielder.
0: Yeah, uh, the Netherlands lead. Uh, the Euros with non-penalty XG per 90 at 2.26. Um, they also
1: lead, lead the Euros in goals scored so far.
0: Yeah, so they have been uh, a really explosive offense. Um, and I think Depay and Wijnaldum in that 10 rule have certainly unlocked it. But I would also uh, like to point out that the, the three at the back has definitely paid dividends for them in Denzel Dumfries. And uh, on the other side, Van and Owen Wijnaldum. Wijnaldum. Yeah, I agree with you,
1: dude. Oh
0: yeah. All right. Well, speaking of three at the backs, we have seen a lot more of those at the tournament uh, than perhaps in past years. The biggest team, uh, obviously, being the Netherlands and Belgium. Um, but w- based on the matches you've watched, what do you and, and Germany also? Sorry, I forgot to mention them. What do you think uh, the back three is? How how do you think the back three is going to phase? fair in the knockout rounds uh, compared to how it did in the group stage.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, there's I mean, there are not all back 3s are created equal. I think it's important to note that Germany have been playing with a 3-4-3 three, three, while most of the other teams have kind of been playing with two um, two strikers when they play with the back 3. But um I don't know watching Germany's 3-4-3 against Portugal was really interesting because Portugal had no answers to kind of the the wide overload that that Germany was giving them mm-hmm. but then on the other hand they looked so dead against Hungary today like I'd like I was switching back and forth between obviously the two group f games and Germany really were um besides Tony Cruz had not too many ideas going forward
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and I mean Belgium I don't think that I don't think that Belgium's success is because of their back three. I don't think there's too much correlation between the formation they played and then the results that they got in this group, because, um, I mean, they beat they beat Denmark because De Bruyne popped off, and then their other two games were kind of just they were just beat downs. So, um, I yeah I don't. It'll be interesting to see. I'm excited to watch England versus versus Germany because that. The formation matchup is going to be so interesting. Mm-hmm. And also with England playing two holding DMs. Yes. I'm not really sure where the utility of the two DMs will come in against a German 3-4-3. I think that'll yeah. just like be interesting to see the balances there.
0: Yeah, I think an interesting part of the 3-4-3 is as you said, it overloads the wide areas. And for certain teams that those areas are harder to defend if you try and overload the central areas offensively, because it's you are now you're going from an off central offensive position to a wide defensive position and that's difficult. And so teams like Portugal who wanna Bernardo Silva cuts in, Diogo Jota cuts in, Ronaldo comes deep to the ball, they are playing with two sixes and they play with a cam. Like if you keep the ball so centrally, it's just difficult to get bodies back into the places that you need to defend. And it will be interesting to see if England can do that. And and speaking of the wide areas, who do you think England should go with at the fullbacks for a game against yeah, a three-four-three?
1: So I guess I guess there's you you asked me the question who do I think? Or did you say who do I think or who do I want?
0: Who, who do you not? Who do you think Gareth Southgate is going to play? Who do you think would be the best would, uh, right, options? So if I'm if I'm the England. If manager, you're the England manager. Yeah.
1: Well. So. Bukayo Saka got man of the match in the last game. Doesn't mean I'm gonna pick him because I still don't rate rate him that highly, um, but I, I do I do respect him. He has been he has been playing quite well, but he um, did play up top,
0: right? So, but I, he is an interesting option at uh, outside back because he does have that versatility. Yeah. Uh, oh, you were asking about at fullback and not yeah yeah how they're going to def- how they're going to defend the three four three. Oh here. oh
1: okay so fullbacks I mean. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, Luke Shaw and Ben Chilwell, for me, is splitting hairs, like, I, uh, honestly... But Ben play, Chilwell's like, in,
0: I don't is he gonna be out of quarantine by then?
1: Yeah, so, I don't, I don't know, I, it's just kind of stupid how the entire Scotland team could play, but <laughs> that's too good, that's yeah. the like, dumbest shit ever, but... Um, that was really weird. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure, I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll be good by then, so, I'd. I'd take, like, if... If they have two or three negative tests, I mean... Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're either? not going to get it. These guys are being tested every day, probably. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, for the left-hand side, like I was saying, I Chilwell and Shaw are each a solid seven out of ten every game, so I don't really care. Right back, I would play Walker because he's got the stamina, he's got the pace. Um, I mean, I was watching Leroy Sané today, and I'm not going to lie, he was kind of garbage. Like, he was... Like, he, he was kind of arrogant considering his end product was next to nothing. So yeah, I'd I'd still put Walker out there but yeah, I don't know I, agree, I definitely agree with Kyle but Walker. Really where I where I'd see the where I'd see the changes where I'd want to see changes for England is mm-hmm. I wouldn't want Rice and Phillips. To no, center. no, no. They're way want, too yeah, conservative. Want, like Phillips and Mount probably.
0: Yeah, I think if Henderson is healthy, he should play as a holding he should play three, as the 6, the and three. they should play with two... Not 10s, but they should play with two Say more. An eight
1: a ten, A box-to-box. Box. An and ten. Like I think mount you put... Mount is, mount, for the box to box. mount
0: is decent for the box-to-box. Mount is decent for the box-to-box. And I, I... I don't know. I could never see Grealish at the center mid-spot in an international tournament. Like, he's just so... He's
1: too, no, he's too good at wide. Yeah, well... Like his, his his delivery... Uh, like, his delivery is fire. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I don't know yeah. who they would
0: play at the 10. Um... A yeah, player who I would love questions. to love to see get a try there would be a uh, Jaden Sancho because he has struggled to impress out wide for his national team. Um,
1: yeah, dude, they need a Wayne Rooney. That's what they they need. do need a Wayne Rooney. They need somebody like he who would can fit so perfectly in there.
0: Who can kill? Uh, that's the story of the England national team, though. But you also, know? you
1: could play Foden at the ten.
0: Yeah, so you could, but he's, he's like he s- has traditionally played
1: at the ten spot. But, you know.
0: Yeah. Um, All right, Uh, moving on to some other surprises. I think a surprise that we both uh, talked about in our predictions is uh, Turkey. Just shocking from them. Three games, they scored a single goal and gave up eight for a minus seven goal differential, which is worse than North Macedonia's, uh, and then Hungary's in the group of death. So... They were the worst team at the tournament. What happened here?
1: yeah that's a great question. What did happen um be honest I don't I don't know because I I watched the entire game against Italy and but I did not watch an, I did not watch their game against Wales or their game against Switzerland for that me point. neither. I Me mean, because I mean, who's watching those games, Anyways. but to
0: have these type of defensive woes and have yeah. two very it's, capable I, center racks like Mary Demerol and yeah, uh, Kyler Sayunku are goods like those are two very it's, good center racks,
1: yeah, but I think for, from what I watched in the Italy game and then the highlights is that like they're def- they're not a bad defensive team, yes, they conceded eight goals but the problem is that they like their transition from defending to attacking was one of the worst i've ever seen like they but, could win the ball yeah, and they, I don't know. they wouldn't make the second or the third pass cuz the midfield but they did would, give like, up they were so they were so um they were so vulnerable to the repress like from what yeah, i watched it's, it's yeah. they just had no they just gave the play ball away into yeah they gave up exactly. 62
0: shots which is indicative of gifting the opponents so many opportunities So, you know, giving up 62 shots at three games has got to be a tournament record. That is ridiculous. Um,
1: Yeah,
0: that's nuts. And that's just very poor from them. Um, And then in terms of other group stage surprises, I think those were the two massive ones, uh, probably the Netherlands and... Uh, Turkey. Italy did pretty well, but it was such a bad group, and uh, they did, they scored a lot of garbage-time goals, so I don't see this team go, going very far. Um, and then maybe, I guess, uh, Sweden topping the group was Spain, but Spain was dreadful, so it doesn't really count. Uh, so on to the round of 16 matches. Uh, we can start... We talked a little bit about England, Germany, so I guess we can just finish off there. I think... To me, this comes down to uh, Gareth Southgate, Really, I think they have a, the far superior squad, and they're playing at home. I think this would be a travesty to lose this game.
1: Oh my God! Yeah, there's there's two sides to me because a I don't want Germany to win because they're just like a, a boring yep. ass team and like who <laughs> wants to see that? But on the other hand, like I to watch Germany beat England at Wembley uh, like, like oh in the round uh, sixteen. All the hyper in England. That that's like so as that's like
0: the closest thing that like to it to, to being American that you can experience. Just watching England, yeah. England just getting destroyed, just yeah, embarrassed, I mean, it would be embarrassed,
1: embarrassed to see. I mean, Twitter would that would be just a beautiful. Oh, the Twitter. meltdown, the meltdown. It would be fantastic, but um, yeah, England should be the favorites here. Yeah, it it is interesting to note. Raheem Sterling has. All two of England's goals in the tournament. I think. I mean, from the oh, games I mean. I've
0: watched, he's looked. Besides the goals, he's looked lively. I don't know what you think of I, of no, his I performances. Conclu- I,
1: I completely agree. He's. It's good to see someone with confidence. Yeah. Also, after they, uh, while well, I was watching the England game against uh, the Czech Republic, and after the uh, after the Sterling goals, I think Bukayo Saka took his shirt off. I don't yes, know. I saw what that on Twitter that? afterwards. Uh, what was that? I saw it during the match, and I was like, I don't know. Did he get a yellow
0: score. card for it?
1: No, he didn't. Yeah, so... I don't know. Uh, I'd like to see what steps led... And play the winner of which matchup? They will be playing
0: Sweden or Ukraine. Okay. Interesting. That is crazy. Thanks. Yes, Sweden, Ukraine, the, the two-color matchup, just the blue and yellow That is It there. is crazy. Looking at that side of
1: the of the bracket like one of those teams is going to be the final Sweden, Ukraine, England, Germany Netherlands, Czech Republic Wales or Denmark
0: yeah so one of those teams is going to be the final that side is really weak that is definitely the side of the bracket you want to be on Uh yeah like you, I could totally see Denmark making the final I could see I think Denmark for sure is the sleeper there. I More think Sweden I think Sweden is a very cheeky sleeper Sweden have been so organized they're very organized and Alexander Isaac and Emil Forsberg and they have enough talent up top to squeeze a winner in here or there. Um, which is all you need in the knockouts. Like you don't need to score four it's goals. All you need. <laughs> uh but really, England and Germany have gotta be looking at this side of the bracket and thinking, wow, this is as long as I get past the round of sixteen, that's gonna be the toughest game I play. Like, that's what you gotta be thinking, I think. And so those players, I'm sure.
1: Tournament, you got to be thinking one step at a time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but I'm sure it's going to put a little. Their mentality is not there. Like they scored no. today, and they conceded off the kickoff. Like that's that's
0: that's, that's unheard of. Inexplicable. really. you can't be doing that at the international level. And then the other side of the bracket, moving on, is incredibly stacked. Uh, Belgium, Portugal, Italy, France, Croatia, and Spain. There are only two bad teams there, Switzerland and Austria, and I think Austria is going to be Italy. Um, this this is going to be a interesting side, I think. Um starting with Belgium Portugal um on Sunday.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I could totally see this game being a 1-0,
0: someone gets a penalty type of game. 100%. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean Portugal really struggled the last time they saw this formation. And they did. Now they did instead of having Ilkay Gundogan as the most attacking midfielder, you have Kevin De Bruyne as the most attacking midfielder. Yeah, and instead of having problems. Kai Havertz at striker, you have Lukaku at striker. Um, but instead defensively,
1: Robin Gosens, you're going to have
0: Yannick Carrasco. Carrasco. Krasco yeah, like, of a beast. Um, yeah, offensively, yeah. not defensively. Uh, well, he plays out let go. He's pretty solid defensively. But the center back issue is the issue for Belgium, no doubt. Um, yeah,
1: I completely agree. There's, um, I mean they haven't really been tested. I mean they got they got scored on, in the like first minute against, against Denmark, and that was the only goal they conceded in the group stage. So. it yeah. I mean, do you want Jason Denier defending Cristiano Ronaldo? Uh, honestly, I, I don't really mind that because Ronaldo scored five goals so far and what, four of them have, no, three of them have been pens? So, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, but I I, I really hope that uh, Belgium don't play Den Donker. Like, he's kind of trash, I'm not going to lie play um play with play de Bruyne instead of Witzel or someone. Yeah, I don't
0: know. It is uh Tielemans I think is the best, but whatever.
1: Um Telemans is the baller. But you have uh, like Tielemans with De Bruyne or something like that. Yeah, I think
0: Tielemans and De Bruyne is the vibe uh, for that midfield. I think uh Portugal half a lift pretty bad. I don't know why people have been hyping this up. They scored the most pens of the tournament. Uh it was Ronaldo scoring three penalties. Um they're pretty leaky defensively for a team that has supposedly the best center back in the world, um, and they don't really—they don't create too much out of possession. Like they—they're really good on the counter and they can score on some uh, on some set pieces. But if a team just hunkers down, like I don't know, they really struggled to beat uh, Hungary. It was like 0-0 until the eighty-fifth. And then they scored one goal and just two more garbage time goals. So like, I, I don't know. I think it, I, I'm gonna pick Belgium on this one. Yeah, no, I'm gonna follow suit.
1: I'm gonna pick Belgium. Um, but this is gonna be a good game to watch. Yes, could definitely and be a, quasi- a drudge. Portugal, I mean, Belgium. They did not play their their strongest squad in the last
0: group stage game, mm-hmm. and the fact that they they'll have some rested legs. And they have a much longer turnaround. I mean, Portugal's playing again on Sunday. And they just played yeah. today. So that's three days off. Belgium's going to get, what, five? That's a big advantage.
1: A massive difference. Massive difference. And also, Portugal has... They have played... Like, they've played... All the games they've played have been intense. And they've played their starting lineup pretty much all the minutes. So
0: Yeah. And then the last uh, game we'll talk about is, uh, is Spain versus Croatia. Which sees the... Uh, Two countries probably on the decline uh, in their soccer ability. Uh, But nonetheless, it's the runner-up at the World Cup and the winner of the Euros two times ago. So it's still pretty big teams. Uh, Spain looked horrible offensively the first two uh, matches. Honestly, not even terribly XG-wise, but they still looked horrible offensively. Um, But in the last game against Slovakia, they went... Crazy. And they did this by changing tactics. Instead of having both um, the 8 and the 10 drop wide in between the center back and the outside back to kind of create a passing lane there, they kept them both high up the pitch. The wingers were more aggressive. Like, if they look like that, they can be one of the best teams in the tournament. They did, you know, beat Germany 6 0 in November. Like, they have the ability. But we're going to be realistic. That's never going to happen again at the tournament. They're just so peddling, uh, peddlingly slow uh, offensively.
1: Yeah, it's like watching fucking grass grow. But one person that I'd like to shout out, I really enjoyed watching in the few minutes of the Spain game that I did watch, which was I watched up until I saw the Debravka own goal, the first goal, and that just made my eyes bleed, so I had to turn the TV off. But Busquets, um, yes. Busquets he played really well. He is. And he he so was. Oh, was His passes that break lines. I mean, he's, he's unique in that in his ability and to break the, lines. And the
0: other thing I would like to shout out about Blueskets is his ability to know where defenders are relative to his body, and he'll do these like weird little turns, but it's just impossible to get the ball off him because he knows where you are, at all times. It is a, And he's a lanky motherfucker. Yeah, and he is lanky, but it is a skill to never lose the ball. Um so Croatia on the other hand without Rakitic the midfield looked a little more sus. Um definitely. they would did not dominate games the way they did in the 2018 World Cup where they would have 60 70% possession.
1: They definitely looked a little bit more chaotic, definitely a lot more chaos um, yeah. when they played. I mean, that goal that they conceded against Scotland was a that was a really bad clearance from that defender. Just put it right at the top of the box for McGregor. Um and that's like not the type of thing that would happen, like that I would typically typically associate with creation, like making stupid mistakes like that.
0: Yeah, I would say off going forward, in the few minutes I've watched I've, I watched the whole league game, but they did. They didn't create anything, in my opinion, and that's yeah, a big I could issue. I see this one going on penalties. Yeah, this might be a nice little nil nil. Nobody ever gets into the box. Everyone just passes around, happy. Um...
1: It's going to be Spain against Russia all over again.
0: But I'm going to have to go with Spain because uh, because because I love Spain, and that's pretty much the only reason why. Oh yeah, man. We're bias definitely... Is, is, this is a pro-biased podcast. This is a pro-biased podcast, and I am being very biased here. But you know what? It's,
1: it's okay. Nah, dude, I'm going a, I'm to a pick Spain as well. Pick Spain, I mean, if Maratha starts, like, bruh, but... But they can I mean, play
0: well. They can play like we can do good things. It's just if we if the wingers drop wide I mean if the midfielders drop wide and they create the little U shape with the two center backs, the two yeah. midfielders, and the two outside backs, like they just never get forward. The defenses will just let you pass in that U forever. Yeah. They, they will be so content with that. It's so annoying. But to, against the Rocket Enrique shout out to Luis Enrique, he did make changes. If you want to uh, know about how they played in their first game, make sure to read my article. Oh, um, yeah, good article. And so, if they play offensively, I think Spain should walk away with this one. But if they come out and play like pussies, definitely going to be a Croatia's chance to capitalize. All right, and then for the England Germany game, we I don't think we predicted winners, did we?
1: Yeah, I do not want to have to predict a winner of this one, but I'm gonna say.
0: Let's just let's just let's just. Let's have one guy pick, and then we'll put. One guy gets to pick blindly, and the other guy has to put five dollars down on the other team. What? Which... what and you this? get no. You get to pick. You get to pick Liam. It's oh, such a coin toss. To pick. It's such a coin
1: toss. I'll let yeah. you pick. Yeah. What's the What's the uh, What's the line or whatever the oh, spread me... or whatever the betting thing is called? Let me check on Bovada. What the uh,
0: What the current spread is. All right, to qualify, England is minus 120 and Germany is even. Okay. So it's pretty much a coin toss. Although Bovada says that England uh, are England are so, Probably because they're at home.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I'm going to pick. Mm, shit. Do I go to a wheel spinner or do I just say something? No, I'm gonna pick England. I gotta support Pickford.
0: All right, he has had three clean sheets at the tournament. Shout out to and Pickford. he's made some good. He's made some good saves. He too. plays a save against the Czech Republic. I mean, he is. Uh, we should do a team uh, at the end of the tournament, too, but uh, of team of the of, of no of of the a Paul a Pogba team, which is players who,
1: who show are somehow
0: for terrible for their nat- for their club, but just show up for their country.
1: I and think Jordan Pickford would be the starting a, keeper uh, for that.
0: You can make an eleven of
1: players who you never hear about at the club level, but uh, yes. like for some reason always around when it comes to internationals. Like There's on those. on those. Guess, who scored again yesterday for, for Chile and is now the fifth all-time Copa America goal scorer. Yeah, yeah, no
0: players like that who play on like a terrible club, but like they just always fall out. But yeah, I think yeah. at the Euros, they're you know Jordan Pickford's a great example of a Paul Pogba player just. At Everton, it's a comedy of errors every season. Unfortunately, that is... And then different. he comes out for England, and he just makes save after save, and it's like, what is going on? That it do be like that. It really makes absolutely zero sense. Gareth Bale is a, is another great example of this. This is also because he doesn't care about club soccer, but uh, every time he plays at an international tournament, he looks great. Yeah, dude. I completely agree. All right, well, you... We will release that team at the end of the tournament, perhaps, maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, Don't count on it.
1: That was all for today. The web for
0: the the
1: Soccer Blog Now membership, only $5 a month.
0: Only $5 a month. It is a subscription service. Direct me
1: to Liam-O'Reilly on Venmo, actually, is how you subscribe. And minimum
0: wage is increasing federally thanks to Joe Biden, so those prices might need to go up. To pay our workers, but there's nothing we can do about there's, it. There's that's not of our hands. We We're need just to pay our, our workers. Yeah, you're covering our costs. Um, so, thank you all, and we will see you after the round of sixteen.
1: Ah yes.